bringing you the stories behind the songs. Back to the Mulberry Lane Show, brought to you by Elisa Ilana Jewelry. Now, here's Mulberry Lane. Well, in 1997, the song The Freshman was all over the radio, which catapulted singer-songwriter Brian Vander Ark and his band The Verve Pipe into an overnight sensation. Well, since then, with more hits, lineup changes, a couple kids' albums, some solo albums, and a return to alternative rock, The Verve Pipe continues to tell stories in their own way. And you can catch them September 19th at the Tri-City Barbecue Fest in Denison, Iowa. But first, meet Brian Vander Ark. Brian Vander are joining our show. The Verve Pipe making music everywhere that they go. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I'm so honored by that. Thank you. I need to get a recording of this so I can have that be my answering, uh, my answering out mail. There you go. Well, you know, wherever you go, you could play it before you enter the room. <laughs> That's, you know, we all dream of being announced in such a fine fashion. Thank you. That would be great. You're welcome. <laughs> okay, so now the latest album, Overboard, which was released last year, it's kind of your return to the rock world. Yes, it's our 13-year overnight success. Okay, love it. <laughs> and actually, I just watched the video for Overboard, and it's a really riveting song, so I want to hear the background story for writing that. Well, I had an idea of a woman up in Lake Superior, and I thought that she was swimming, and I don't know where the story was. I had that idea. There's a girl in you know, Michigan up in Lake Superior. I like that line, and it's, at the time, I started writing with Jeff Daniels, the actor who's also a musician. Yeah. He's a story guy. Whenever I get in a problem with a story, I'm pretty sure he's the one that said, well, what if she was dead? And I thought, oh, my God, there's a story right there. <laughs> that makes it a story. Yeah, so that made it a story, and from there, he wrote the opening lines and really got the ball rolling, and then I took it from there, but appreciate that you find the song uh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the video was filmed by Lawrence Carroll. He actually directed our first video for RCA called Photograph back in okay. the 90s. He, you okay. know, he worked on um, Smell Like Teen Spirit and all this. And he did this for free. I mean, we had to pay for the crew and the film, but he's from Marquette, Michigan. Yeah. Um, and uh, so we got a really good deal on it, you know, being an independent band now yeah. without a label. The video came out beautiful. It had nothing to do with me, but the video itself looked gorgeous. And it really offsets the song as well. I hope so. You know, you're a musician. It's hard to have that perspective, you know. To detach yourself. Yeah, Yeah, it's hard to detach yourself. Mm -hmm. And it's nice that the video really resonates with people. And plus, it confuses people, too, which in a good way. People like to ask, what's it about? And I hate it when videos give you the answer. Right. You know, it's much better to to leave it a little ambiguous, Mm -hmm. like the song itself. Yeah, there's still a mystery. And that kind of follows your songwriting process, too, because even the song Freshman seems like you like leaving the mystery. The best songwriters for me are the ones where it leaves it a little bit open for interpretation. Because if you hit things over the head, it means something to a very specific group, which is fine as well. But for me, it's always more interesting to keep people guessing. Now, The Freshman, I got to say, it's really poorly written lyrically. It drives me crazy because (laughs) it didn't say the things I wanted to say. And I was really a young writer. I mean, I wrote the song in like 1990, and it wasn't a hit until 96 or 97. Uh-huh. So there are things like, you know, she was touching her face where, you know, that was me watching the Divinals video happen to be on. Okay. You know, so I touch myself, and I'm working on the song, and I look up, and there's that that's playing, and I'm like, oh, she was touching her face. Oh, that works. You know, yeah. I'm thinking, like, what does it mean? turns out that that's the one line that everybody's like, what does it mean? Yeah. What does it mean? And well, like, it means nothing. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's just a dumb throwaway line. You know? Right. But, you know, you captured something, though. 
that's right. Overall, I think so. And I think that when people talk about something and when there's different interpretations, that's very advantageous for a writer. I would much rather have people talk about it than say, oh, yeah, I heard that song. I love that song. But then it's disposable. They don't think about it. Right. And what greater honor, as you know, as songwriters, what greater honor is there to have people discuss your work? Exactly. I mean, that's a huge honor. You're listening to the Mulberry Lane Show and Brian Vander Ark from the band The Verve Pipe. After that was a hit, how did you deal with the pressure of, I'm sure you heard, just write another freshman? I heard that all the time. Yeah. Uh, actually, what I heard was write the sophomore. Oh, it's a terrible <laughs> joke, but I still hear it all the time. Write the sophomore. A lot of pressure to write a follow-up single, and yes, I even had a record label person tell me that I should write another verse. Huh it and re-release it like it's been 10 years and I still can't forget her like the worst <laughs> ever oh my gosh. Uh, but that's the kind of thing that happens all the time uh-huh. so after I let all the pressure go and said okay look we've had a couple we have photograph is pretty popular song right. um, colorful you know did great on Rockstar yeah. uh, the movie Rockstar and that to this day sells about as much as the freshman does now okay. because it's on VH1 all the time thank God but the pressure, I think, was gone after our debacle of the follow-up album. Which, the sophomore you know, album. Well, yeah, it's very good. That's exactly what it was. The sophomore release, it was a terrible mess-up of an album. And I why mean, do you say went, that? Everything went wrong. We made the cliched mistakes. You know, we had a budget of, like, $400,000. We were going to record in New York City in the greatest studio in the world, the Hit Factory. And we got so distracted in New York and, like, we thought we were making rumors by Fleetwood Mac where we could just kind of write in the studio and relax, you know? Yeah. And we ended up tripling our budget. It was like $1.2 million. Wow. And we thought, no problem because, you know, 1.5 million people had bought Villains, the album with the freshman on it. If only 10% of those people go out and buy this album we're in good. the first week, you yeah. know, we're good to go. Everybody gets paid back. Well, we only sold like 7,000 copies of that album. Yeah. for each failure. So when that happened, it was like, well, I'm just going to go lock myself back up in my we had a storage unit back then and I just gonna lock myself in the storage unit like I used to do and write for 10 days or two weeks and record demos and that's what I did for our album underneath okay uh, which is the one with colorful on it and that's that's my favorite album. Unfortunately, that was released a few days after 9-11, which was, oh, <laughs> so it yeah. was a bit of an omen for us. Right. We realized maybe we got to stop making records. And um, then we waited until we made kids records to get comfortable in the studio again, and then we made this album. Okay, now so. I have a question about the kids records. Were you able to like open up a whole new avenue of creativity, like switching genres without pressure, without preconceptions? You can't even imagine how freeing it was to make kids' music. If you guys ever thought about doing that, you should do it. It's so much fun. There's numerous reasons. If I were to put an oboe on a rock song, it would be really pretentious. Right. But Uh you you could put an oboe on a kid's song because there's going to be that kid who plays oboe that goes, oh my gosh, there's an (laughs) oboe solo in this song. And it's so freeing. You can remake Sgt. Pepper's, your own Sgt. Pepper's. You can experiment. You can do fun things. You can have key changes and chord changes. Kids don't care. As long as the lyrical content is there and it's compelling in some way for kids and parents like it, you have to look out for the parents, too, or it ends up being the Wiggles or Barney and they'll hate you. Right. (laughs) Um, Make it fun and you can do whatever you want to do. There's nothing wrong outside of, you know, using expletives uh, that you can do. 
And so that's why we made two of them, and they've been hugely successful for us. More people come to our kid shows than our adult <laughs> rock shows. Now. So then, going back and then doing Overboard, did you feel yeah. like you approached that with renewed vigor? You Not were- only renewed vigor, <laughs> but we called the album Overboard because we literally went overboard on the dark themes on that album because we had done kids music for the last six years yeah almost every song on overboard is about death or murder or something you know and it was a lot of fun but in the end it was like listening to the masters when we were finished with it i was like oh my god i didn't realize how many songs were about death on this it's a reaction we already had the overboard title so we'll call it overboard and then then it feels right right The dark side was building up in you. That's right. It's Brian Vander Ark from the Verve Pipe. And catch part two of our interview with Brian next weekend. And September 19th, mark your calendars. They're playing the Tri-Cities Barbecue Fest in Denison, Iowa. We'll point this thing to Nashville. When we come back, you'll hang out with Annie Wooliver Dupree from the Annie Moses Band. Keep it right here on the Mulberry Lane Show. Your informative music addiction. Can't be held responsible. Touching her face I won't be held responsible She fell in love in the first place For the life of me I cannot remember What made us think that we 